Welcome back to the Risky Business Podcast, brought to you by your friends at Renters Legal Liability. This show is proof that insurance does not have to be boring. I'm your host, Gary Miller, and today we're joined by 5 Plus 8 founder, Adam Faust. In this episode, Adam shares how insurance agencies, property management groups, and brands of all kinds can break through the noise online and stand out by owning who they really are. He also shares his best tips for storytelling on social media and how to transfer your company values from off the paper into real life so your audience can get to know, like, and trust your brand in ways that lead to real business. There's so much more to cover. Let's jump in with Adam Faust. Adam, welcome to the Risky Business Podcast. Great to have you here, man. Hey, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're excited. You know, as you and I were talking before we came on, um, we were talking about the natural things that you and I operate in, social media, branding, storytelling. But in doing the research to get together with you, I always ask our guests right from the jump, you know, I don't think anybody when they're, you know, when they're a little boy looks up and goes, you know, one day I know what it is that I want to do. I want to work in design and social media and marketing and branding. Like most of us don't say those kinds of things. So how did, how did you end up here? How did, how did this become the place, the niche of work that you found so fulfilling and it just kind of clicked for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's such a good, that's such a funny, uh, you just brought back a memory of childhood that I actually used to, um, I used to, you know, I love baseball and so, but I would I also love to draw. And so I would create my own baseball leagues and I would draw like new teams. So I would name them and I would brand them with colors and, and draw logos for like, like 30 teams. And so I guess I, I guess I was a little boy who. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you flipped the script. How old were you when you were doing this? Come on. I mean, like 10. You know, 10 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hadn't even thought about that until you just said that. I was like, yeah, what little boy wants to go into branding and design? I was like, well, actually, maybe I did the whole time. So it turns out, yeah, you're the first guest who's like, no, Gary, actually, that's what I was doing. So that's that's yeah. very cool. Um, yeah. W- when we talk about, obviously, 5 Plus 8 and, and, and your company and what your team does, there's a lot in our audience. Obviously, truth in advertising to everybody listening, obviously, RLL works with Adam and his group, and, and we're big right. fans. But um, there's a lot of people that listen to us that are insurance agents, brokers, own their own agencies or the property sure. management companies, and they might not know about you yet. So can you give them kind of the elevator pitch, what it is that you guys do and who you are? Yeah, so uh, we're 5 Plus 8. Uh, it's the name of our group. Uh, we're in uh, Houston, Texas. We're about a, a team of about 15 people. And um, you know we've, we've been around for nine years so, uh, just kind of built it, you know, person by person and client by client. And I would define us and this has changed, you know, this has evolved over the years, but now I'm confident to say that I would define us as a branding agency, uh, and branding obviously I think is a, has become a, a pretty big buzzword, uh, bigger than I think it has ever been maybe. And I don't know if that's because of social media or because of, I'm not sure what the reason is exactly, but you know, the idea of personal brands and all that sort of thing. But, but the only difference I think between, 
you know, there's advertising agencies and marketing agencies, branding agencies, and there's a lot of gray and there's a lot of overlap, obviously there. Um, but yeah, I would say that the, the reason I would define this more as a branding agency is because we focus more on what I would define as brand building than say traditional advertising or just, you know, a certain type of, of, of social media marketing or Google AdWords or whatever, and really going a little bit, a layer deeper, hopefully to truly understand what the brand is all about and then helping tell that story. So that naturally leads me to talking about storytelling. And I I think folks obviously can, can really confuse that. I think they know maybe they've read enough blog posts to know, We've got to tell the story of our company or our culture or right. what we do online, but they're really not, you know, kind of sure how to do that. And one of the things I sent over to you in the in the in the pre work, I said, you know, I would love to know how brands totally mess up telling their story online. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was that stuck out to me, and I actually wrote down a note: where do brands go wrong? Um, I think my, the, the first answer that came to me, which I don't know if this is the right answer, but this is the first thing that came to me. I think that they're too careful. Um, I think they play it too safe. And they, 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 they think that they're telling a unique story. And they, you know, they're, they're, they kind of tell themselves, oh, yeah, this is our story. But really, you know, we're so influenced by everything that we see and read. And so a lot of times I think what brands are doing is they're, they want to they kind of, you know, play it right down the middle and play it safe. And so they're saying, well, I've seen people do this and I've seen people post this and I've seen websites that look like this. So, and I liked elements of this. And so they kind of make, they kind of almost Frankenstein themselves into this like average, you know, version of all these different pieces of other companies. And it's not really who they are. It's just kind of like the safest version that they're comfortable sharing. Right. And is it, is it there, are they afraid that, because when you describe that, let me back up. It sounds to me yeah. like people are trying to be more vanilla, right? Yeah. Like it, it's, yeah. A, it's a flavor of ice cream, but it's not something that's terribly remarkable, but it won't offend anybody. Right. Exactly. And, and so, so with, is the fear that people might actually see who we are, or is it the fear that people would just think we're crazy? Like what, what's behind it? I mean, yeah, I think it could be any number of things. I think, I think, you know, I wrote I wrote something uh, that we were talking about earlier about you know should your company be on social media? Um, this was a years ago when people were actually asking that question. <laughs> now right. I don't think anybody nobody asks that question anymore, but they they did. And my answer was, um, if you have a good company, you should be on social media. If you have a, a a bad company, then you should not be on social media because what social media does hopefully is allow uh, your company to be more transparent and open and show show your flaws and, and show all of the positives and kind of open yourself up uh, to the, to the rest of the world. So they can, cause you know, I mean, you know, before a lot of these things like social media and, and like, you know, Glassdoor and Yelp and things like that, like you would go on a job interview and you had no idea, like no idea what the company was about. Um, and now, now that's just, I don't think that's the case at all anymore. Now you've got, you can definitely find out some valuable information about who they are through, through these channels. That's a great point. I, you know, we kind of elephant in the room for this discussion. Obviously, RLL works in the insurance space. A huge right. portion of our audience is in insurance. And I, I, I say in the tag of this podcast, you know, this is proof that insurance doesn't have to be boring because yeah. insurance, listen, nobody wakes up 
in the morning going, you know, I'll tell you what I'm fired up about. I'm fired up about some property and casualty insurance, yeah. right? I mean, like, Sling, it, yeah, slinging these claims. Yeah, yeah. let's do it, right? So, yeah. I, you tell stories. Your team is great at this, uh-huh. and, I, and I wonder what you would say to the person listening that they own an agency and they're right. trying to differentiate themselves online. And we'll get to social media in a minute, but they're sure. trying to figure out how to tell a story that is interesting about something on paper that isn't so interesting. So, like. Right. How do they do that? What are the, I don't know if the one, two, three things you would say to somebody, because I know they're listening and they're going, all right, this is all cool conceptually, but I, right. I sell, you know, habitational risk insurance. How do I do that? Yeah. Um, well, I think, okay. So I think that's total cop out and that's total BS. And, and I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm on this podcast, but RLL is absolutely one of my favorite clients and one of the clients that we have the most fun with. I and mean, if you look at right. some of the social media and the other pieces we've done, I mean, we built like entire Lego sets just to show how like, you know, you can flood your apartment. Um, and so there's no excuse. And, and really, honestly, the best, some of the best advertising on the planet right now is Progressive and Geico and Allstate. And that's boring. And then what they've done though, and so to give some more like tactical advice around this subject matter is what they've done, like for Geico example, for example, they basically, they have, don't even talk about insurance at all. They, they've they've established a tagline of uh, 15 minutes can save you 15% or more. And then they don't, that's it. Then they just do whatever they want before that. They just basically are like, this is so, you know, like so easy a caveman can do it, things like that. And then they just made the whole spots about, about cavemen. So I don't think there's any excuse around like, Hey, this is what we do is boring. And in fact, that would be, that's, there's a idea right there. Like what we do is not exciting. Uh, and we like owning that, owning that boredom, owning that monotony, owning that, you know, just own it, uh, and, and have fun with it. And, and, and any, you know, we all love anybody who can, can make, make, uh, fun of themselves and, and, and not take themselves too seriously. So owning that monotony, there's a whole host of fun concepts in that. Every interview I do. There's a moment when a guest says something that we could stop the podcast right there. Like what he just said about owning it. Everybody in the audience, rewind back and listen to that about 10 times before you go into your next meeting about what are we going to do to be creative? And, and yeah. so part of this, you know, I was just talking to Jordan Stupar um, a couple of weeks ago on the show. He's a sales guy and he's really been creative. That was so and, good. Oh, thank I you. I the whole thing and I really enjoyed that guy. It was sharp. I actually, I'm not just saying this. I, I listened to that uh, while I was having a beer uh, yep. after work and I was listening to it. And then I immediately, I immediately implemented his tactics on LinkedIn yep. and got super, super chill and super light and sent some funny messages on LinkedIn and got off, you know, got, got stopped worried about all the stuff, professional stuff you're supposed to do. I did it. And I got, I got a, I got a lead. I got a legit lead back that was like, yeah, let's talk. I'm actually talking to her later today. Fact. Awesome. Awesome. Jordan cool? will love to hear that. And yeah, it was so cool. And, and so part of that, what you just said, this links in nicely here because I, I think typically in some industries, financial services, insurance, whatever, um, we tend to take ourselves too seriously, Adam, yeah. like totally. And for sure. And, and there's no, I mean, I get there's obviously, a, there's times in life to be serious about certain things. I get it. But yeah. when we're talking about in the sort of digital landscape, not to sound too buzzwordy there, but, but, but to yeah. be in that space, to differentiate ourselves, part of it is m- maybe the secret is just that ownership you're talking about and maybe just having fun with some of this, because 
half of these transactions, right? It's just rapport, no like, and trust, and you feel comfortable with me. And then, because yeah. we're all selling the same thing to some degree. So the difference is the people. Does that make sense? Yep. Thousand percent. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. I think that that's the, I think that's the opportunity everywhere is um, the fun, uh, finding the fun and, and, and things. I mean, I, I follow one uh, woman I used to work with and she's kind of a goofball and I don't even know that she's particularly funny. Like, I don't think she's like, you know, a stand up comedian, but she's just kind of quirky and kind of goofy. And she makes these really silly videos uh, and, and, and she does them for brands. Now she's starting to like become almost like a, an influencer where she's in her whole shtick is like finding the humor in, in kind of the mundane. And if you go through LinkedIn, you know, like we all do or, or, or should be doing if we're in any level of sales, um, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty bland. And, and so if you can, you know, repost a meme or you can uh, tell a relatable story from a, a, a sales call gone wrong, um, but just kind of find something to make people smile and, and, and develop that rapport early on uh, just by being relatable and being human. I mean, we're all human and sometimes we don't sound like it, um, you know, on social, I tell, I tell my team sometimes when we're writing for social media, um, stop, don't default. Because if we're, if we're not really um, intentional about how we speak on social media, like in our com in the comments and in the captions, um, people just default to like what I call social media voice, where it's just this generic kind of voice that we've adopted from everyone. That's like, hey, just you know, hope everyone's having a great Thursday, and you know, thought I'd share some fun. It's like no one talks like that. Nobody actually talks like that. So don't default to to Taco Tuesday crap you know, that stuff, like be intentional, be thoughtful and talk like a person. I, I love that. And, and we're, we're, this takes us into social media. So it's like you're ahead yeah. of me on my notes, but it's perfect. So I, people do get into social media voice, right? They have kind of like a script, yes. like they're mm -hmm. hold on. And, and, and I love that people somehow think, and I, I know there's people that would argue with me about this, but that somehow LinkedIn is so much more sophisticated than like Facebook. I'm like, dude, no, it's yeah. not. <laughs> but, no. but, but I think companies and I and I was referencing that article you wrote a few years back about do we need to be on social media and, but I still think today there's a lot of people that go, you know, they own an insurance agent, agency, a brokerage, whatever. They're like, we need to be. There's all these places we can be, you know, Twitter, oh, Instagram, right. whatever, TikTok, LinkedIn. Um, but they think they need to be everywhere, and and. I'm wondering from your perspective, you work with a lot of different kinds of, of brands. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you tell people that, that think, okay, well, Adam, I, I know we got to be everywhere on social in order to tell our story. Do they need to be, or do they need to pick their spots? I mean, I, I think they need to pick their spots. Uh, There's some people out there that say, you know, the, the, uh, as much content as possible, put it everywhere. Um, but I don't think that, I think you've got to find, you know, it's the, I think the one word that's come up more and more, uh, since we started as an agency that we didn't talk about as much, uh, you know, five, six years ago is, is voice. Voice has become, uh, critical to the brand. And that can literally be like a voice like, like yours. Like I was complimenting you earlier about how you've got this, this great professional, uh, voice. Like you, your company can have, you know, like, you know, I think about Allstate and having their, uh, I don't know who the actor is, but he's got that killer, killer voice. So there can actually be a physical voice to the brand, but then there's, there's more of the metaphorical voice that, that is, um, 
you know, what do we, what do we sound like? And, and once you understand what you sound like, you know, are you, you know, enthusiastic and, 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 and fun and optimistic? Well, maybe, maybe that's a TikTok would be a great place for your voice to be. But if you want to be, there's nothing wrong with saying, no, we want to be professionals. We want to be experts. We want to be this. So, you know, those kind of elements, then, then maybe being on LinkedIn or writing blogs on medium, um, or, or something like that makes more sense. So I think the more closely you understand your brand and your voice and, um, then you, then you'll better understand where you need to appear and where you need to, to be, um, in terms of social media or, or other platforms. I'm a fan of medium and I'm a fan of content clearly right. and, and, and brands and companies actually creating content beyond just, you know, sort of the stock PDF. This is what we do. Right. Um, for, for companies that, and for brands that don't currently have a content library, they're not making things to tell their story, whether that's video mm-hmm. or whether that's a medium post or, you know, it's a short on IG, whatever. I mean, if, how do they get from a place of understanding that it might seem weird because I don't see immediate return on investment because I did a post on medium, but the truth is there's a lasting impact in the overall story as a link in the chain of what they're trying to do. How do you convince that person that might be saying, I don't, we don't, we don't need to create content because that just doesn't generate anything right away that, you know, convince them or maybe just give them an idea to say, you know what, this is actually a good thing to have in the mix of creating some content that people can read or see or consume as a gateway into getting to know you. Yeah, no. And I deal with that all the time. I mean, and we have, we've had plenty of people come through the door and say, how much do we have to spend to make our money back on social media and or to, or to, or to you know, three X, five X. And I'm like, look, you're, this is, we're off to we're off the wrong start. And I, and I know no one wants to hear that. Obviously, they don't want to hear that. But I mean, it's not as if it's not as if they could ever tell you that with television and billboards back in the day either. So I think sometimes people, because digital is trackable or more a lot more trackable than anything else, there's a tendency to say like, okay, so I, I spend five thousand dollars, so I want to make fifteen thousand um, dollars. And it's it's not like again, you couldn't do that with television, you couldn't do that with billboards. So it's not the same thing now. Um, so kind of getting that getting that out of your head is is really really important. Um, and then I would say in the way I try to explain it, uh, to people who are on the fence is look, there's a, there's a, if someone's going to decide to work with you, um, or or is on the fence and they want to think about, uh, working with your organization, they're going to do, they've already, they've already decided like you're in the, you're in the top three or you're in the top five of, of the people they're considering. And so now it comes down to, to, evaluation and trust and all these other elements that they have to, 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 or all these other variables they need to figure out. And so what social media does, you know, what LinkedIn does, what a website does, what, what Glassdoor, um, all of these different places, what they do is they are going to, they're going to, they're telling the story. That's what's going to drive the narrative. And if I'm looking up insurance company A or insurance company B, insurance company A has a, a dated website with, uh, very bland information, no LinkedIn presence, no um, seemingly like just absent from the digital world. An insurance B company has got, you know, videos of, of employee birthdays and a, a glass door rankings of, 
you know, the greatest place to work and Google reviews and, and a, an active Instagram, I'm going to be like, okay, I mean, I'm going to definitely understand that company be a heck of a lot better and have probably a, a, a healthier level of trust in engaging them because I've seen some faces. I've read some reviews. I've, uh, they look like they're active and trying. Whereas insurance company A looks like they've, they've decided that, that this is not important to them. Mm, so good. I, I went back and I, I know you love to have someone quote your writing back to you in an interview. I got to read something that you wrote a while back. You're like, it's either going to be cringe or it's going to be great. This is really great. We're talking about culture and you just mentioned about you know birthdays and, and, and you're seeing different facets of it. One of the things that's really impressed me so much about getting to know you guys has been there's, this is different than just we talk all the culture bullet points, but it, it matters to you guys. And I think it conveys in that you, you say you work with cool clients, right? So you, mm-hmm. you are this thing and you're trying to connect with, with people like you. This is what you said. Um, the, the header was walk the talk. And you said, does your organization have a bunch of values written all over your office? That's good. If they're serious about them, they probably should. But social media is where you can see if they're living them out. And and so you guys seem to walk this out as an organization, um, and you're not resistant about sharing who you guys are, and, and whether that's the quirkiness of it or, or uh, just you know what the culture really is. It's not always this glossy, shiny, perfect promo, right? right. Um, what was the? Why is that so important to you, and how does that impact how you how you relate and work with clients? Well, it wasn't always that way. So I don't want to think that I don't want to like, like act like I, I, you know, like I've always understood this cause I didn't at all. Um, and then, you know, the more I read about, you know, after I, about three years after I started a business, I actually started reading about how to run a business, which is probably not the best order to do that in. But regardless, um, once I started reading a lot of books and, uh, about leadership and about entrepreneurship and about, you know, branding and, and all these things and culture, it was really refreshing because it basically the answers from all the thought leaders were treat people really well and you're going to have a really good company and you're going to have a really successful company with really happy clients. I was like, Oh good. I can do that. Like it was almost like a relief. Like, cause I thought maybe I had to be like a jerk. Like I had to be like a badass, like, you know, entrepreneur and, you know, and be some like super whatever thought leader, cool guy, but that's not at all what works. Apparently what really works is you treat people well, um, and, and uh, the word for us has always been trust. And so it's like, I mean, I don't even think we've probably, we've probably, I think we've got like four or five values, but in reality we have one value and that value is trust. And I can't, I can't do my job if I don't trust my team and they can't do their job if they don't trust me. And so it's all about just like, guys, just do it. Like go do the work. And that trust is, is, um, just fuels everything. Uh, and so to come back to your question about, uh, us living out the values on social media. So, you know, I was just like everybody else. I had a a company and I wanted to post about my company, but I literally didn't know what to post. I didn't know, do I post pictures? I don't know what to write. I mean, that's the other thing people always say, I don't know what to write. I don't know what the caption should be. And, and I, and I know why that is now the reason that you don't know what to post or what to write or where to post it is because you don't really know who you are. And, and so until you like, until we figured out who we are, like who five plus eight is from the inside out, like we know, we know exactly who we are. We know exactly the kind of company we are. We know what our sense of humor is collectively. 
and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And so once we decided who we were, then it just was like, post whatever you want. Because you guys, it's all, it's, I trust you now because you know who we are. You know what we sound like. You know what kind of makes us tick. So post away. And now I don't have to worry about it or stress about it. Like, oh, this caption's wrong or this is wrong because it's not going to be wrong because we've established exactly who we are and what we sound like and what we care about. So much gold, man. I'm, I'm like, I need to <laughs> rewind and play it back. Like, this, this is fantastic. I so appreciate you. I know that a bunch of people are going to have questions or might want to reach out and just go, man, who, I, let me get a little closer to this person I heard on the episode today. Adam, how can people reach out to you? Where should, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Um, yeah, I mean, on our, I think on our contact page, we just like have this like really like obnoxious paragraph of like, there's no excuse not to get in touch with us because, uh, you know, five plus eight.com. That's the number five plus the number eight.com. And then on there you've got, I mean, you just, you can't, not find me because you'll find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. My email is Adam at five plus eight com. Uh, there's just there's uh if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to do something and you're trying to like grow something, like make it really easy for people to contact you and, and ask questions and talk and make yourself very available. Thanks so much for being here. We'll put all of your info in the show notes and man, we really Thanks, appreciate man. your time today. Okay, this is awesome. A huge thanks to Adam for coming on the show today. If you want to learn more about 5 Plus 8 and connect with Adam, go to the show notes of this episode. All the links are there. 5 Plus 8 and Adam are folks you want to connect with. Now, before you go, make sure that you stop by rllinsure.com forward slash podcast because we want to give you some free stuff. And while you're there, you can learn why multifamily property owners, property managers, and investors choose RLL. Are you an insurance agent that writes habitational risk? You have to stop by rllinsure.com forward slash podcast to learn why agents across the country recommend RLL and how they get paid really well to do it. Thanks again for listening to the show. We will see you next time.